This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What I've done is help athletes be the best they can be. We work on giving you that winning edge, that mental edge that will help you realize your potential. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for over 30 years as a sports psychologist. This is the first time I've ever listened to it. I'm on my way to church and I said, I got to pull over and talk. Right now is your chance to call Dr. Jacobs for free help with any sports related problem. It's a wonderful form and I, I must be a radio for me every time I, I'm in the camp city. And this show is about you, it's about having fun working hard, building self-confidence, having the right attitude, being a good teammate, being a good parent, and being a good coach. Now, here's the sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I am here every Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m., and as you know, this is a show about your mind. We talk about attitudes, we talk about sportsmanship, we talk about the mental side of sports in this show. I've been doing this show here at Sports Radio 810 WHB for the last 16 and a half years. I've been on the radio in Kansas City now for 26 years straight, and uh, been in practice for 36 years. I guess that six number is pretty prominent this year with me. Um, I love doing this show because, you know, this show is about you, it's about who listens, and, and every week, it's amazing how many people I run into who actually are listening to this show at this hour of the morning? It is early on Sunday. You know, I, I get up, I stop at Starbucks, drive in here, may see five cars. But I, I get feedback all the time that there are a lot of people listening. So first of all, I want to thank everyone who does listen to the show. We've been having a lot of good feedback lately from people about the things we've been talking about here. And uh, I want to wish everybody a nice weekend. It's a beautiful weekend here in Kansas City this weekend and great time to get outside and enjoy yourself. You know, on this show, I try to bring up topics and issues that I think will be of interest to everybody. I like to bring in guests, and I have a guest in the studio with me this morning who I'll introduce in a moment. You know, our book, Just Let Him Play, that I wrote with Jeff Montgomery and Pete Malone, with a chapter from Dr. Steve Joyce, the renowned orthopedic surgeon, getting a lot of positive feedback from people on that, too, that a lot of people need to read our book because we cover youth sports from all angles, and we talk about the whole gamut of the issues in youth sports and as you know if you listen to this show that's my passion I I, I love working with everybody but I, I, I want to help people especially in the youth sports realm let their kids enjoy the experience a few weeks ago well a few months ago I had my former tennis professional my teacher John Bregan on, I, I had John on the show uh, John taught me how to play tennis back in the 60s and 70s uh, a wonderful man. If anybody in Kansas City has played tennis and played at KC Racquet Club, you know John Bragan because he built it. He developed it. And his wife and daughters worked there. His sister worked there. And uh, you can't meet a, meet a nicer man than John Bragan. And uh, through that connection, John's son-in-law got a hold of me one day and said, listen, there's somebody I'd like you to meet. I think you guys may have some things in common. And uh, he's a pretty pretty good guy, too. His name's Nick Garcia. He used to play with the Wizards. He's been a, on the nat U.S. national team, and uh, he's running Brookside Soccer now. And he said, uh, Brian, his, uh, John's son-in-law, said, I think you guys should meet. So we met a few weeks ago, and I think we hit it off here pretty good. And so Nick has been kind enough to get up this morning and leave his family, probably a little vacation for him for a little bit, and come in and join me this morning. He's got a, 
Meta's daughter. How, how old is your daughter? Five months. Five months. Really cute little girl. We had breakfast a couple weeks, about a week and a half ago. And Nick's come in to join me. Now, now, if you know soccer, you know Nick Garcia. He played with the Wizards for how many years? You're, eight years. Eight years. You played yeah. professionally for what, 11 years? Correct. Okay. He was the National High School Player of the Year. You were the College Player of the Year. You played in a national championship team in Indiana. You've been on the U.S. national team. You played professionally forever. And now you're running Brookside Soccer. So first of all, I want to thank you for being here this morning, joining me. My pleasure. Thanks for getting me out of bed. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward. You know, I'm looking forward to starting to work with your club, and help you out with things because, uh, you know, we met and you got my book and you started looking at some things in there. What, you know, look, you're you're you are very very established. Your your reputation speaks for itself. What in the book sort of hit you that, that made some sense that, that that you've seen so far? You know, I think it was probably just the blatant, obvious pieces that are in there. You know, you you put what I think us coaches, parents, um, directors know on paper. Um, you know, it's the parents, it's the referees, it's the families, it's the time, it's the money. It's, it's everything that we know as admin, as those involved in the soccer world, sports world, really. Um, and, and you put it on paper. So I, I think it helps to legitimize. It, it helps to remind people. Uh, who sometimes have a conversation and forget uh, about the important things in youth uh, sports. Uh, specifically for me, you know, it, it really kind of comes down to the parent's role. Um, and I'll, I'll put that in and say it's parent slash coach uh, because quite often at the young ages, you know, whether it be basketball, baseball, soccer, lacrosse, you know, it's usually the parents that are most engaged uh, because they're the ones who are setting up the teams. They're the ones who are finding the space for for the teams to practice. They're the ones who are there on the weekend. So it it's, it, it really kind of takes, uh, I think, things to a new level uh, and accountability really for me because at the end of the day, I think we have so many new uh, people who are, are getting into all kinds of, of sports for kids, and, and we quite often forget the number one reason why we're there, and it's for the kids, and it's not because of winning. It's not because we want to have fancy uniforms, but it, it truly is about the kids. So that, for me, was captured in your book. Uh, I have yet to finish it. I have started it. So uh, I, I've enjoyed it, and I've also recommended it to a lot of people. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As you know, we're here every Sunday morning from 7 to 8 on the Sports Psychology Hour. Joining me is former Wizards great national team member Nick Garcia. He runs Brookside Soccer now. And we're going to talk about, you know, as, I, as I've read up on Nick and gotten to know him a little bit, Nick's sort of accomplished what everybody wants their kids to accomplish when it comes to sports, right? Yeah, I mean, you made it, you, you played successfully in high school in, in, in a football state in Texas, in Dallas of all places. Okay. High school player of the year, college player of the year, professional. You made it to the top level. You know, and everybody's, and let's be honest here, Nick, right? Most parents, not every parent, but most parents come in and have in the back of their mind, gee, that'd be sort of cool if my my child could make it all the way to the top. You did. And so people will look at you and, oh, my gosh, you know, look, we're learning from a guy who's been there. So you get it. You understand. And as we've talked, you understand the situation. I want to open up our phone lines. If you are a parent and your kids play sports, your kids play soccer, you're a soccer fan, it's a great time to talk to Nick Garcia. Our number here is 913 913- Three eight ten eight ten, nine one three three eight ten eight ten. We're gonna take some calls if you'd like to get on the conversation with us. So let me ask you this question: What's wrong with youth sports today? Mm. From your perspective, you made it to the top. You accomplished. You know, I I say if you make it to the professional level, and I had Seth Sanovic on a, a, about a month and a half ago, and we I asked him this question: You you survived. You know, you survived. 
the craziness of youth sports. You made it through high school sports. You made it through collegiate sports, and you made it professionally. So in a sense, you were a survivor. Because how many guys do you know, thinking about playing growing up, didn't make it that could maybe had the talent? Okay, so if we look at that today, what would you say is wrong with youth sports today? Or do you think something's wrong with it? Because I, I think there is, but I want to get your perspective. So, so let me preface this by saying, you know, I had a phenomenal um, um, backing when, when I was a kid growing up in Dallas. You know, my parents were ones who were not the, the helicopter parents on the sidelines. They weren't the rah-rah. They were very supportive. Uh, they let me do my thing. They afforded me the, the time uh, to go out and practice and do whatever I wanted. As a young kid, I did a lot of sports, and early on I figured out as a kid that I didn't want to do other sports. Uh, it was me. It wasn't my parents making that choice. What age was that about? Oh, I'd say probably 10. Um, you know, so up until that point, I, I did everything. Road bikes, you know, got dirty, you know, played boring, slow sports. You look like um, you'd be, you look like you could be <laughs> on, on, on a BMX bike out there riding around. Yeah, making a lot of uh, jumps. But, you know, for, for me, I, I found out early what my passion was. Um, and so my parents just helped to, to funnel that and channel that into whatever I wanted. It happened to be soccer. Uh, I also grew up around a lot of older kids, so I was always, you know, kind of playing, you know, soccer with, with older guys and gals, and, and I just, I loved it, and I couldn't put the ball down. So as, as time wore on, um, you know, I got more competitive. My parents put me into competitive soccer. We did camps, all these things, and I was probably the biggest driving force behind, you know, my path. I want to, if I can interject sure. something here. What, what I love about what you just said is this. It was about you and what you wanted to do, and you... And at about age 10, which is really, to us, in our book, we talk about anywhere, that was what, third, fourth grade, probably? Yeah, sounds about right. That's, that's about the time you start to figure out what you want to do. You know, and, and I think we have so many parents today that are getting their kids involved in a sport at three and four, and this is all you're going to do. And, I, and I've been having in my, in my office all kinds of problems with a lot of kids lately who are in high school in a sport that they've been in for 10 years, nothing else, and they're burned out. They're, they're, they're done. They don't want to do it anymore. The, the, the fun is gone. The excitement's gone. The motivation's gone. And and then and then they're like, well, Doc, I, I don't know what to do now. I don't want to do this anymore, but I can't do anything else because I don't have the skills. I haven't learned it because all I've been doing is this. So the hunger and passion was there for you. Your parents were supportive, reinforcing. If we look at that from your perspective, and we look at youth sports today, and you're dealing at Brookside Soccer with, with both rec and competitive teams, so you're dealing with a wide array of, of parents and coaches and, and issues. When I say the question, what's wrong with youth sports, from, from your angle as an ex-professional, a very established, accomplished professional player who's now involved with the youth sports level, what do you think is, is the issue I'm referring to there? You know, I, I think the obvious one is the parent. Um, you know, And again, the, the, the parent-slash-coach. And we deal with at Brookside Soccer Club, you know, kids that are anywhere from three all the way up through uh, through high school. And uh, all of our parents on the recreational side are volunteer, and that's close to about 400. So you can imagine juggling those personalities. You know, and one thing that we are trying to work on and help parents with is coaching education. A lot of these parents have never played soccer. or They've played uh, at, at a lesser level, so they need some refreshers. So I am of the persuasion that, you know, parents – are the gateway to helping establish a great foundation. You know, and if I, if we as a club can do a great job in giving the parents the tools um, and reminding them that they are more educators and facilitators than a, a true coach, you know, the kid will, will respect you um, 
early on, especially just because you have a whistle or a ball or cones in your hand, right? Um, but we have got to establish that great relationship that helps these kids understand that, hey, you know what? It's about having fun. It's about being respectful. It's about getting some exercise. Um, so I, I, again, I, I think it's the parents that tend to um, push kids or, or put them in different directions that, that might not be uh, to their advantage developing a passion for any sport, really. There's a three-letter word that uh, has been bounced around a lot, especially in regards to the President of the United States these days, called ego. Okay. Parents' egos, Nick, okay, as, as someone who's, who's made it to the top level as you have, and you've been around a lot of great coaches, you've probably been around a lot of bad coaches. How much of a role does the ego play, especially for parents, and where it becomes more about them and their pride, and you know, you hear the old the, the phrase about living your dreams out through your kids. How much of that do you see in youth sports and youth soccer today, especially from your perspective? You know, it, it is prevalent. Um, I wouldn't say that I see a ton of it. I, I, it, and those that have the ego that they love to carry, you know, on their shoulders, uh, it, it's definitely more visible. You know, for, for the ones that are there to help, you know, you, you hardly ever notice maybe that coach because he or she. Um, is doing such a great job that it is truly about the kids. The ones who are all about themselves, you know, those are the ones that are typically, you know, louder, more boisterous, you know, tend to not truly understand, especially during practice, you know, how to deal with kids. You know, and you're not always going to have the best kids. You're not always going to have ones that pay attention and listen. But it, it's, it's the, it is the adult who truly understands how to motivate different kids, how to discipline different types of personalities. Uh, you know, I am not a coach that likes to run people. Um, I, I think it does a disservice. It gets kids, uh, you know, into a probably a worse mood sometimes. Because as far as discipline is of concerned. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, excuse me. You know, I've sure. never understood people that say, all right, you screwed up, you're, you're running laps now. I mean, first of all, that's going to turn them off to running and right. conditioning. And if, you're, if you screw up, Work on what you screwed up about. Don't you know? It's one thing if it's a behavioral issue. That's that's not what we're talking about here, and that's not what you're referring to. No, yeah, and and again, you know, sometimes I think, and it all kind of depends on the age. You know, uh, girls typically, um, you know, are, are better uh, at understanding directions and, and being more accountable at a young age. Boys, it takes them a little bit longer. So it's understanding the sex of the child. It's understanding the age, uh, you know, the situation. You know, I truly like to, to try to make it a team, uh, you know, uh, type of situation if there is an issue that we've got to deal with because then that peer pressure just kind of helps uh, everybody out. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every Sunday from 7 to 8, and joining me is former Kansas City Wizards great Nick Garcia. He now runs Brookside Soccer. He is one of the most accomplished soccer players coaches in this city and this is a great opportunity for you to talk to Nick about soccer about yourself about your kids he's doing a great job with Brookside soccer now moved on from playing professionally and stayed in Kansas City as so many professional athletes do because this is such a wonderful place to live our number here is 913-3810-810 if you have a question you'd like to ask Nick or myself let's go to the phones for our first call of the morning let's see what Kurt has to say Kurt good morning sir how are you uh, well thanks for the uh, bandwidth I appreciate it so sure um, my background is I've coached against Nick's uh, teams um, as a competitive lead coach, and I think he does a great job of that that club. So, Nick, it's good to hear your voice on TV. Morning, Kurt. I appreciate um, it. Two, two things I want to talk about being problems with the sport in Kansas City is is uh, the first one, economics. Um, and Nick is probably more familiar with this than the club that I coach at, but um, I think the economics of the club structure in Kansas City and even nationwide has a tendency to lock out some really talented players um, that can't 
uh, normally afford that type of level. And then number two, there's there's uh, what I really appreciate about Nick and the club that I work at is we're not necessarily part of the quote sporting network. And quite frankly, in my opinion, you know that that's a that's a big sponge when it comes to soccer and whether or not you like the way they coach their soccer over there is, is a different point. There doesn't seem, as that club continues to grow and get bigger, there is kind of a, a, a tactical and technical approach to soccer that seems to permeate from that club. And I, and I think there needs to be more diversity, not less diversity when it comes to soccer technique and, and uh, tactical ability here in Kansas City. I'll listen up there. Thanks. Well, thanks for your call. So, you know, Kurt, Kurt brings up the financial, you know, component of, of youth sports. Um, you know, we are a pay-to-play uh, country. doesn't matter for the most part if it's, you know, basketball, baseball, lacrosse, or something else. You know, soccer in other countries um, is truly a very affordable, um, uh, almost f- free type of um, environment where, you know, kids can go and play. Uh, it is also a cutthroat industry in other countries. If you look at England and the EPL, for example, you know they take kids when they are 10, 11, 12. They start to groom them. They then have you know, uh, contracts. They then sell them off, and they are pretty much at the end of the day a commodity. Uh, you are now seeing that in Major League Soccer, Sporting KC. Any other Major League Soccer organization uh, truly has that uh, you know, piece now into their uh, academy system because they understand the value in players, uh, that they have got to groom people and they've got to sell them on. Uh, and it's not a bad thing for those that are ready. And it is truly kind of that you know, maybe 5% of, of top elite soccer players that will go down that road. Um, you know, and I wish, and, and I had the opportunity to, to go to college and, and play soccer, go to school. I think kids are missing out when they don't have the opportunity to go to school socially, uh, to get a great education, to then have the tools uh, to actually do something once, once school is done. So, you know, back on to the, to the economic piece, you know, it, it is frustrating now that U.S. soccer has come out and said, hey, you know, we have, you know, $100 million. Uh, we want to build these things. We want to do all these things. And, you know, I, I also do a TV show here on, on Spectrum Sports. We've been around here for about three years. And, you know, one of the biggest topics now that we are starting to talk about is, you know, what to do with this surplus of money that U.S. soccer has. Do you reinvest it into the kids? Do you re- reinvest it into leagues? Uh, do you, you know, reinvest it into coaching education? I, um, well, if I can jump in there, you know, that's where I think the psychological component needs to be implemented into that. You know, it's great that we spend all this time on technique. You, know, I, you and I talked about this. I had a conversation with Peter Vermees a couple of years ago, and he said, you know, there are four parts to, to what I see soccer being successful, the tactical, the technical, the physical, the psychological. And as you and I both know, the psychological part is sort of the last component. It's becoming more accepted these days, but still it's being left out. And there needs to be more education, I think, with young people. So a lot of this money, I think, could be implemented hiring people like myself to work with coaches and teaching, you know, what's the right way to coach, to motivate to develop self-confidence, but also to understand how to ruin it because so many kids' confidence gets destroyed. And I, you know, in my office, Nick, I get these kids that come in all the time whose self-confidence has been just just devastated by things coaches have said to them about, you know, when they screwed up or they failed, that they're not good enough, or, you know, you let us down, things like that. And it's like, why would you tell an eight-year-old something like that? 
you know? I mean, do you see where I'm coming from? I do, you know, and, and I actually see that both on the recreational and the competitive side, you know, and, and everyone's a good example, right, to, to be a, a, a good or bad, you know, promoter of something. And, and I think quite often I see that as well. Um, you know, and again, I think at the end of the day, it, it comes down to education. You know, you've got to educate the parents. You've got to educate the kids and the coaches. You know, I think if you were to, to put, you know, all those components of, of sports into a, a, a box, um, quite often, I think the psychological piece is probably at the bottom of the box when, you know, conversely, I think it should probably be up at the top, right? Well, I'm biased. I mean, I, I look, I mean, when you when you're teaching kids how to play a sport, you need to teach them, you know, OK, here, this is a ball. This is a goal. This is the field. I mean, you got to teach them all the fundamentals. You have to teach them that. And that should be, you know, the beginning. But 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 in order to do that, the person who's doing that needs to understand motivation. They need to understand self-confidence. They need to understand communication and how what they say is powerful and directed and and the impact it has on those kids and that's where i think we lack and in this city especially because i get people call me all the time and it's interesting people call me all the time doc we need you to come talk to our group do you talk to teams do you talk to organizations yes i want to do it people need to hear the message and that's that's part of what we're getting at here. yeah education again it, it is education parents are hungry parents want to know but I, th I think seldomly is it available to them you know we at Brookside have have had now uh, our first of, of many meetings to, to come with parents and educating them about you know competitive soccer and, and the differences going from rec to competitive and you know the psychological piece and all these things so uh, I don't think it's the fault of the parents and so I'm, I'm definitely not saying that but we as admin we as, as those in the know need to give people more resources so I'm, I'm happy to see that you're doing it I think there's more occasions where we as clubs uh, can combine forces and do things you know Kurt mentioned you know the, the, the fact that there needs to be more than just one, you know, vanilla flavor in the ice cream shop, uh, and I am of that same persuasion as well. I, I think, you know, when you start to have one type of soccer in one city or multiple cities, it starts to kind of bland things. Uh, it becomes very neutral. Uh, and you know, what is wrong with having a few different styles of play? What is wrong with having kids, you know, from the northeast and in the inner city and out south and out west come together and play and do things? Um, so I think there's a lot of things uh, that try to or, 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 or that are there that prohibit, you know, kids. Uh, we actually work with a group there in the old northeast uh, global FC, um, and they actually bus kids in. Uh, a lot of the kids are refugees. They come and play on our rec uh, side. We help them out. And to see those kids come and play soccer uh, is phenomenal. You know, and they're not your typical Johnson County or Jackson County kind of Brookside family. Um, and mom and dad are typically working a couple jobs. So transportation and affordability are two of the biggest issues for those kids. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and we're having a very stimulating conversation this morning with former Kansas City Wizards great national team member, college player of the year, high school player of the year, Nick Garcia. If you know soccer in Kansas City, you know his name, one of the, the top players in the history of soccer in this town. This is a great opportunity for you to call in with a question. If you have a son or daughter who's playing soccer, playing sports, Nick gets it. He understands what it's about, how to make it work properly, successfully, confidently. You can give us a call, a question for either Nick or myself. Our number here is 913-3810-810. If you're interested in getting your child involved in sports, you're not sure what sport to choose, how to coach, how to, how to be involved as a parent. Here's a guy who's, who's made it. He's, he understands it. He gets it. So 913-3810-810 is our number. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and we're on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 10, WHB.
Good morning, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As you know, I'm here every Sunday morning from 7 8 a.m. here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, along with my producer, Josh Briscoe, who gets up to be here and produce this show and does a great job of it. I'm here every Sunday. And joining me live in the studio this morning is former Kansas City Wizards great Nick Garcia, and we're talking about what Nick does now. He runs Brookside Soccer, and, and as I started the show off, Nick, you you're, you survived. You survived youth sports. You made it. You know, you played successfully as, as a youngster. You, you were the high school player of the year, the college player of the year. Your team in Indiana won the national championship. You played professional. You played in the national team. I mean, you, you've done what any parent would love their child to do to make it to the top with sports. Yeah, and you know what? I did not tell you this. It's not something that I want my children to do. It's really not. Um, you know, Play soccer? No, no. I mean, just, just take it to that extreme, right? Um, you know, I, I, I missed all kinds of stuff. Proms, uh, parties, you know, all kinds of things. But did I really miss them? No, because I wasn't there. I didn't know what I was missing at the time. Well, what did your girlfriend think about that when you couldn't take Back her in the day, um, you know, I think I was single because I, I, was, I was so hyper-focused on soccer that everything else just took a back seat. So for me, early on, you know, it was get up, go to school, come home, do homework, go to practice, come home, do more homework, eat, and go to bed, wash, repeat. I mean, and, and that's what I did for years. Oh, I want to ask you a direct question here. Sure. What kind of grades did you make? Uh, I was a 3-4, uh, so I was a very average kid. Um, well, there's nothing wrong with that. That's not right. average. That, that, that's, that's a it wasn't B, stellar. That's a B plus, A yes. minus average. Yeah. Um, you know, average I, is a C, Nick. Average is a C. <laughs> that's above average. But I don't like to be average, right? <laughs> well, no, but but okay, but but here, but this this is good because see, I think people need to understand. So you had you had balance. Is I what you're telling me. You had yes. it balanced out, but your parents weren't telling you to do this. You wanted to do it, so they were a support system for you, and they encouraged you. They and, didn't direct you. They weren't right. pushing you. And 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 they really reinforced the academic piece. Um, you know, and and so that for me is probably the biggest thing. Um, being a parent now, instructing, guiding other other parents, other kids, you know, and, and quite often, you know, obviously I, I, I meet a lot of kids and I am very good in engaging them. Uh, and sometimes it's not even about soccer. It's, hey, how's school? How's, how are things going? Uh, because that for me, again, is, is more paramount than what they're doing on the field. I assume you had an athletic scholarship at Indiana. I did, yes. Okay, but, you know, as, as I'm sure you know, 90-something percent of scholarships that are available for people are in academics, not athletics. Right. So most people aren't aware of that. They, they look at the sports realm and they, oh, we got to get into this, but it's not about that. If you really push academics, you can find all kinds of scholarships out there, and it's amazing what people don't know about that. But let's go back to this whole thing about parents, and we'd like to encourage you to call in. If you, we, We've only had one caller this, this morning, but we'd like to get some calls in here. If you are a parent and your son or daughter is in sports, it doesn't have to be soccer. It could be anything. You want to sign them up for a league. You want to move them from rec to premier, which we'll get to in a moment, about how you make that decision because that's that's a that's a difficult one sometimes because a lot of people want to push their kids into elite and traveling and premier teams at younger ages when they shouldn't be doing it in my opinion so it's a great opportunity to talk to former Kansas City Wizards great Nick Garcia our number here is 913-3810-810 and you can also ask me the question too 913-3810-810 is the number if you're a parent if you're a coach and it doesn't have to be about soccer it could be about any level of sport and you know Nick Nick made it to the top, and now he's coaching, he's directing coaches, he's directing parents. So let, let's take the role of parents, Nick, okay? As, as someone in, in a youth soccer league, and, and you're directing this, and you're seeing the rec and premier levels, you're seeing 
the pushy parents, you're seeing the laid-back parents, you're seeing the parents who get involved, you see the parents that don't get involved. What do you feel the right way for a parent to be with a youngster today should be when it comes to sports? Yeah, a, a promoter, um, a facilitator, a supporter. You know, those three you know words uh, describe, I think, the ideal parent for me. Um, I try to be all three of those as, as much as I can. Um, you know, and quite often when I go to support my own child, uh, let's say at a baseball game, uh, which I kind of know a little bit about, um, I, I, I make sure he has all his stuff, that we get in the car, that we're having good conversations, uh, that we get there on time, and so he's not feeling rushed, and he gets there to the dugout, and he's ready to go, and once the game starts... Um, Quite often, I don't say anything. I'm having other conversations with other parents. I'm walking, taking another kid to the bathroom, uh, and just enjoying being a parent, right? Um, and I see too many parents, uh, specifically, I think, in soccer, because it is a very active, uh, fast-moving sport, give advice. And, you're, and, and in soccer, unlike a lot of other sports, you're standing right there off, off the field, right behind the, the, the line, that white chalk line. And your kids see you, they hear you, instead of having a fence between you and them, you're right there. Yeah. So, and they run off the field, and you're always, I see parents running over and trying to give them a water bottle or give them something or pat them on the back. Leave them alone. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Yeah, you know, and, and here's the deal. If, if my kid forgets his bat, if he forgets his glove, sorry, um, you forgot it. It's your responsibility. I will help you. But now you have to figure out what you're going to do now that you don't have your equipment. So, and that's, I think, a completely different discussion. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, what, what is frustrating is that, you know, on the sideline, parents will say, kick the ball, boot the ball, shoot the ball. Well, you know what? You might not know what we talked about prior to the game. You might not know what we worked on during the week. So why are you giving advice to a child to help him or her when that might not be the best thing? And I think parents just do it to be, again, part of the moment when at the end of the day it's all about the kids we're going to go to talk to chris here on the phone in a moment but along the lines of that that statement right there when my oldest son jonathan played he's now 27 when he played soccer and he played on a on a premier team uh coached by Kent, former kansas city comet edmund Rogovu, great guy and um one time we were playing indoors at an all-american 87th and rose hill and in lenexa <coughs> excuse me i just came up and we're upstairs. The parents were all upstairs watching this indoor game. And this one dad who had coached his son for a long time kept yelling at his son, you need to go back. You need to go back. And Edmund's telling him to go forward. And then Edmund would say go forward, and then dad would go back. And, and all of a sudden, the ball gets kicked over, over to the other field. And this kid turns around and yells at his dad, Dad, would you please shut up? You're telling me the wrong stuff. Yeah. The dad turned bright red, walked away, and didn't say another word. And so, yeah, let the coaches coach, let the parents parent. When you're at a game, stay out of it. Let, okay, let's go to Chris, who's been waiting here on the, on the phone lines. Chris, good morning, sir. How are you? Good. Uh, th thank you. Uh, I, my question is uh, pertaining to uh, the transition from uh, rec to competitive soccer. I have a, a young, I have a couple young boys that play out in uh, Blue Valley, and it seems like it's just so driven towards going uh, competitive at, at a younger age uh, the the way that sporting is and, and everything out there and um, I, does, my question is when is it a, a good age for them to go competitive because soccer is not really the sport I grew up playing and, and I don't want to push them into that unless that's something they want to do how old are your sons uh, I've got an 11 year old and it seems like at that age out here from talking to the other parents and everything, that's about where it seems to get pushed into the competitive 
um, level. And then I have a nine-year-old who is, he is competitive uh, by nature, and that's, that is his sport. Well, let me, before, before Nick, I'm going to let Nick get into this with you here and have a conversation, but before he does, do your sons want to play at a higher level, or are they having fun doing what they're doing now? Uh, the 11-year-old's having fun doing what he's doing, and, and that's fine. If he, I mean, if he did decide he didn't want to play, that's fine, too. We would never make him play. And the 9-year-old wants to. He's asked if he could try out for different teams and stuff like that. And it's it's all on – the decision's theirs. But I, I just want to make sure it's a, the decision is a safe one. Well, I think the decision, and I'm going to let Nick comment on this, that the decision needs to not just be theirs, it needs to be yours and theirs because you're part of this. Chris, and that's, in fact, in our book, Just Let Them Play, we have a whole section on the parents' role, and we talk about this at length. And uh, Pete Malone, who coached Kansas City Blazers for 40 years, had, and, and Jeff Montgomery, who co-wrote the book with me, who you well know who Monty is. I mean, their, their feedback in here is great. So let me let Nick get into this with you. Go ahead, Nick. So I think it's a, a, a loaded topic at the end of the day because, we, you know, we, we could spend days, hours, weeks talking about this and at the end of the day it it is an individual family's choice you know and I think it has to be an exercise um, in you know figuring out you know what you as a family what your child wants so um, uh, my oldest son last year decided he wanted to do competitive we went through tryouts and uh, prior to taking a spot he said you know what I don't really want to do it so uh, we didn't talk any more about it. We said, okay, no problem. Um, so he went back into the recreational realm. And so for us as a family, um, that was the best situation. Uh, you've got to have 100% buy-in. It's a big time commitment. It's a massive financial commitment yeah, as well. And I, and I think, Chris, right. that's something to, to really think about here because the— I realize that they'll, they'll, they will take your money regardless. They'll find a spot. <laughs> well, yeah. The organizations they, are so well, yes. supporting— well, the, it, look, the money part of it is a big issue because it's not just the fees to join a a, rec, a competitive team. It's the tra- there's traveling fees, there's coaches' fees. There, you know, I mean, if you go out, let's let's go say you're going to play a tournament up in Omaha on the weekend, okay, Chris? And yeah. who's going to go? Let's say your nine year old's on a on a competitive team and goes up to Omaha for the weekend, and your other son doesn't have a game. So who's going to go up to, up there? Right. Who's going to go? You, your wife, and your? Uh, you have uh, more more children. Well, it depends because we have we have multiple kids that play multiple sports, so that's that is uh, definitely uh, something right. to consider. Yeah, well, see, a lot of people don't think about this. I mean, it's like it's going to cost you know the, the the fees to play in the tournament outside of your club fees, right, Nick? You yeah, let me correct. Know, the, outside of the fees for the tournament or your being on the club. There's the traveling fees, and then you're gone. You got to board your your pets. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that comes into this, and it, it's a lot of money, right? Nick? I mean, it is, you know. And so, again, back to your question, you're you're asking what to do. There is no right or wrong answer. You know, you obviously know your child best, and I tell all parents this. You know, go through the tryout process. You can always say no. Uh, tryouts are stressful for everyone, for parents, for coaches, for parents. Um, you know that that have to you know kind of scurry your your kid across town. You've got to sort out you know what the right fit is. There are a ton of clubs, um, and there is a club for everyone out there. But you as a parent have to do your homework. You've got to figure things out, um, and really you you are the best one to make that decision. Okay, one thing here, Chris, before we we let you comment again. Your son's nine. Nick, what's what age is 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 the age for? A, a competitive team. I mean, is nine too young to be on a competitive team? Because I, I not necessarily. I, no, 
Um, because again, I, I think if a child has that drive, if they have that passion, you know, again, my son is a perfect example. There are other kids that, that are great examples. Um, maturity obviously comes into it. So I, I don't think nine is too early. Um, I think eight is pushing it. Um, but again, you as a parent knew your child best. And so you have to do that homework. You have got to figure out and say, hey, Johnny, you know what? This is going to cost us $1,500. You're going to have to practice twice a week. You can't do baseball on Thursdays because you have practice and, you know, you're going to have some traveling and all these things. So it's all about the expectations. You know, we at Brookside try to let the parents know prior uh, what the ramifications are of signing up because, you know, you're not only signing up for yourself, but you're also committing to this team for the whole year. Um, you know, and if one parent were to back out, um, it could potentially wreak havoc on a team because of numbers, because of finances, all those things. So I, I think too many parents these days also drink the Kool-Aid of saying, hey, you know what, we got to go do this because there's no other option. So I think that's part of that caveat, right? Uh, if, if And I'm sure you as a parent are thinking, well, you know what, if we don't go do competitive for my nine-year-old son, we're going to get left out and there's nothing else. And he goes back to a rec team and the quality won't be there. And so I, I think you kind of have this averse effect now of kids jumping in earlier because there is no better option. Um, you know, and then you take the school piece into it as well. You know, some kids might be left off and, you know, they're not going to be on a rec team and they're not going to have a home. So there, there's a bunch of social dynamics, I think, that play into it that make it very difficult. Does that help you out, Chris? Yeah, yeah, that's my help. Well, look, good luck with that. It's it's a it's a difficult decision because you don't want to make the wrong one, but you're not going to know if it's the right or wrong one until you make it and you live it and you see what happens. But but like Nick said, you can always change your mind, you know. But once you right, commit, and, but, and he has his he, he has the option to go play for the team that he's currently on. They're aware we we we're forthright with the decision that uh, we're going to let him try out, but they're also aware that uh, that he's going to be doing that, and they they said that he he's more than welcome to come play if that's the decision he would well like it sounds like you've got a good good rec team that he's on and good yeah. people in charge right nick doesn't yeah, sound and, that way and, and, and i think you know you, you hit it right there on the head communication right um you don't want right. to leave people in a lurch you want to help your son um you want to be very transparent and i think that is the issue that we as coaches as admin you know face sometimes is this lack of transparency um just yeah, be I've open be honest with, uh, you know? i've noticed that with uh, baseball at uh, a young age uh, a lot of parents will decide at the last minute to uh, pull their kid to to a uh, competitive team yeah. and, and not let you know yeah well it's 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 a big issue because like we talked before chris it's about egos and you know about instead of being about straightforward and honest with with a lot of people listen sir thank you for your call and good luck with your kids appreciate it all right thank you all right that frees up our lines here at 913-3810-810 i'm sports psychologist dr andrew jacobs joining me live in the studio this morning is former kansas city wizards great nick garcia he now runs brookside soccer Got plenty of time left to take a call. If you have a son or daughter that you want to sign up to youth sports, you want to get them involved, want to move them like Chris from rec to premier, they, they've got that interest, or they want to be a an athlete. They want to be, they have a dream to play professionally. They have a dream to play professionally. I've got a young man across this table for me because I'm a lot older than him. I can call him young. He did it. He, he accomplished that. So the parent, our, our number is 913-3810-810. Nick, the parent who has the dream for their child, okay, to, they're, they're going to be something successful in this realm. It could be the arts, it could be sports, it could be debate, academic, whatever it is. Every parent has a dream. They want their kids, if they're a good parent, to be successful at something. Where is the point from what you've seen now as, as a former professional player, now coaching, an administrator, 
Where do you see parents going over the line with that and pushing too hard? You know, and, and again, it, it, it goes back to that three-letter word, ego. Um, and it has to be about the kid. It has to be kid-centric. Um, and I think we as parents tend to want it more than our own kids. Uh, we tend to live in kind of this fantasy land. So, you know, I, I think our best role as a parent is to facilitate whatever your child wants to do within reason, obviously. Um, and it's great, I think, to have them do a lot of different things. Um, it takes a lot of time, a lot. It takes a lot of financial resources as well to have your kid, you know, ride a horse, to go play in the band, to travel, to play sports. So you can't do everything. You can do a few things. And, and I think we as a country tend to be less committed sometimes uh, because we're doing so many things, you know, so we're, you know, we, we are stretching our resources as parents uh, to be able to cart our kids around. Um, and it becomes difficult. It becomes stressful. So as a parent, the number one thing I think you can do is, is enjoy your child being a child. How do, you, how do you, as a parent, or how does a coach or a parent destroy a kid's confidence? Being negative, um, berating him or her when they come off the field and saying, well, you know, why did you make this pass? Or why did you throw the ball over there? All those kinds of things. So um, kids have to learn how to compete. Kids have to learn how to win. It is not innate. It is not built into their DNA. Um, so the obvious answer for young adolescent kids is to create a great positive experience for them. Lots of high fives, lots of reinforcement, you know, and, and one of the best ways that I have learned, and I think there are great coaches out there doing this here now, is taking a Socratic approach to coaching, you know, not giving kids answers, but asking them, well, hey, you know what, Johnny, why didn't you pass the ball there? Or Johnny, where was a better pass that's, to be uh, Excuse me. That's, you just hit that right on the head because I see so many coaches who always have to get in and tell everybody what to do, especially if they did it wrong. I think a good coach, I say a good coach is a good psychologist. I've said that for years. And a good coach is going to ask questions. They're going to ask, it, if you sc screwed up, made a mistake, then you'll say, son, what do you think you did wrong there? Do you know what you did? A lot of times they don't know. And they'll say, coach, I don't know. Help me. And then you can say, all right, well, this is what you did. Here's the right way to do it. Here's the wrong way to do it. Let's work on it in practice. Correct? Yeah, and, and I'll take that one step further. And I had a conversation here with a group of uh, under 12 girls the other day. And I said, you know what, ladies? I said, I know you're going to make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But I said, what you can't do is you can't put your head down and you can't live in that moment. Well, that's why, that's why I want to jump in. Sure. In our book, the third chapter, my favorite chapter, Embracing Failure Can Lead to Fun. We have to teach that failure, it, it, it's going to happen. I don't care what sport you play, what level you're at, you're going to fail. And that you have to learn from it and not be scared of it and not be afraid of it and not be yelled at because you did it. Embrace it, learn from it, grow from it, because then it won't bother you when you fail. You, you won't get down in the dumps. Or you'll be upset that you failed, but you, you won't stay stuck in that rut. Yeah, you know, yeah I, I agree. You know, and, and one of the best sayings that I was ever taught as a kid, uh, a, a young professional, was you know, the most important play is the next play. You know, you make a mistake, not a big deal. You then have to run and chase the ball and get it back. So I, I think those kids that have mentally um, not been afforded a great place to learn and to, to understand failure, those are the ones whose heads go down as soon as they make a mistake. They get frustrated. I don't care if a kid makes a mistake. It is the next play to try to win that soccer well, ball. Well, but who, does, who, doesn't, who doesn't make a mistake? I mean, that's, exactly. that's the whole thing. It's like I, I just had a new, a new uh, client in this week as a high school cross-country runner. 
and she's fierce with herself because she didn't make the this qualify for the state track team and she goes I'm a perfectionist I totally screwed up well she ran the best time in her qualifying heat in, in her leg of that but didn't make it. I said you did your best not good enough what what becomes good enough? I mean, that, that's a big question. Listen, this has been a, a, a really fascinating interview this morning, and, and we're just about out of time, believe it or not. It <laughs> just goes by, by like that. So you run an organization where, where anybody can sign, up, sign their kids up to play. Tell us about Brookside Soccer in about a minute, how people can get a hold yeah. of you, how they can sign up. So Brookside Soccer, uh, it's our 40th year. Uh, we operate there out of Swoop Soccer Village, uh, which has been a great place for us, and, and it's our home. So for us, we are all-inclusive. Um, you know, we give some of the best programming here in town. We've got kids from the Kansas side and the Missouri side that come and play. Uh, 90% of our, our programming is there on Saturday uh, mornings and afternoons. Uh, we're about to go live with our, our fall registration there at Swope Park. So brooksidesoccer.org is where people can go for that. Uh, and then on the competitive side, just like everybody else, we're preparing for that. We're getting ready. Um, and, you know, we are five years new on the competitive side. So for us, it isn't necessarily about building the best players. That is not in our DNA right now. It is building great people in a great location uh, and giving them the best atmosphere we can give them to uh, to really enjoy the game. Nick Garcia, this has been a fab- fabulous interview. I want to thank you so much for coming in. People want to reach you. How can they get a hold of you? So I'm all over the website, Nick, at brooksidesoccer.org. Again, you can visit brooksidesoccer.org for all of our programming information. But I am out there. Uh, that is probably the number one place to find me. Thanks so much for being here, my friend. This has been great. I appreciate really enjoyed it. it. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs here every Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m. This show is podcasted, so you can find it on the, the WHP website, also on my website, which is winnersunlimited.com. And uh, if you've got a, a, a young person playing sports, you, you're interested, check, listen to this interview. Play it for your coach. You can get a hold of me at my website, winnersunlimited.com. Follow me on Twitter at drjsportspsych. It'll be podcasted there. Reach me at my office, 816-561-5556. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Have a great weekend. We're on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 10 WHB.